everyone, and welcome back to Broken Vessels Mended by God. My name is Ruth Douthit, and I started this podcast for those of you out there who love to study God's Word. I am a teacher of God's Word, and I love to go through Scripture and find inspirational passages that help us on our daily walk with Christ. And it is 2024. Can you believe it? Happy New Year and welcome back. I just can't believe how fast 2023 went. And I just wanted you all to know that Buzzsprout, my hosting site, sent me an update on the progress of Broken Vessels Mended by God. And it grew by 37%. And the main city, the most popular city for downloads is Frankfurt. So thank you, Frankfurt. I really appreciate you listening. We also reach Nairobi, as well as the United States. And so I am just so thankful for Germany and Kenya and the Netherlands and the United Kingdom. All of you folks who listen to this podcast, thank you. I do this podcast for you in hopes that you will draw closer to Jesus, draw closer to the Word of God every day, because that's where true transformation happens in God's Word. And we have been in the It Is Well With My Soul Bible study, looking at several passages that are our go-to passages when we are filled with fear and anxiety. And as we know, 2023 was definitely one of those years where there was chaos all over the world. Wars and rumors of wars and diseases, poverty, all of that caused us to look up to God because sometimes our world leaders fail us. And we need to look to God who never fails us. And so I've been teaching this It Is Well Bible study to help us with fear and anxiety. Now, I'm not talking about chronic fear and anxiety that's clinical. You still need to adhere to your doctor's orders if you have been diagnosed with clinical fear and anxiety or depression. I'm talking about the fear and anxiety that happens when we take our focus off God and look at the world and everything in the world, or when we look at ourselves and things about ourselves, we will always fail ourselves and go into despair when we take our eyes off of Jesus. And that's what the letters of the New Testament tell us all the time. Paul wrote to focus our eyes on things above, not the things of the world. Because remember how chaotic it was during the time of Paul with Emperor Nero always after the Christians. So Paul understood that when the world is crazy, we need to look to Jesus. And in this lesson seven of our It Is Well Bible study, we will look at 1 Peter 5, verses six and seven. So open up your Bibles and let's begin. Peter wrote, therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your cares upon him for he cares for you. So Peter understood as well that the early church was struggling. They were struggling because they were pursued, pursued by the enemies. But here Peter told us to have humility because that's what Jesus had. Imagine how different the Gospels would be if Jesus hadn't been humble. Imagine if he had been arrogant and imposing Years ago, I'm talking over 23 years ago, before Facebook and other social media programs, we used to chat online in internet chat rooms. Remember those? 
And back in 2000, when we first had our, we bought our very first computer, I began discussing in those chat rooms about God and Jesus. Thousands of us posted our beliefs and atheists or other members of religions joined in, debating us. Never before had I been so challenged about my beliefs in Jesus. There were many memorable debates with atheists. But one conversation I remember most was that it was with a Jewish rabbi. We debated about the existence of Jesus. I do believe he existed, he told me, but from what I read in the New Testament, Jesus was arrogant and proud. He was boastful and lacked humility when he taught. And I thought, wow, that statement about Jesus really made me wonder what New Testament this guy was reading. But then I realized that this rabbi was coming from the viewpoint of the Sanhedrin, just as they thought Jesus was arrogant and boastful in himself. So did this rabbi in the year 2000. His eyes remained closed. So imagine if Jesus had been arrogant and boastful, as the Sanhedrin thought he was. What a different world we all would live in today. Jesus would have had legions of angels fly down and wipe out all of his enemies. When Jesus told Peter he could do this, it may have come across as boastful, but we all know it was humble. Jesus could have wiped out his enemies rather than die on the cross for them. But the point of the Gospels is that he did not. And why didn't Jesus use his powers against his enemies? Caiaphas or Pontius Pilate or the Sanhedrin? Because Jesus loved them. Remember from the cross, he asked God to forgive them. The value of humility. Peter wrote, therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. In Peter's letters to the early church, they were in exile from Emperor Nero, Claudius Caesar Augustus Germanicus. He began his persecution of Christians and Jews at that time. They ran and hid for their lives because of the horrors that Nero imposed on people who did not worship him as God. Families were thrown into Roman prisons. Yes, that's true. Families, men, women, and children. They were set on fire or fed to the lions in the great arenas. The group of exiles ran to foreign countries and lived among people who did not worship Jesus as they did. These early Christians were deeply afraid confused, and distraught. Peter wrote his letters to them to comfort them and encourage them to remain in their faith because of the eternal inheritance they had in Christ Jesus. Imagine if the U.S. government or the government you live in came with military power to your front door and ordered you and your family out of your home and into military trucks and with only the clothes on your backs. This is something we in the United States have never experienced. And imagine we would be dropped in the deserts of Mexico with hundreds of other people from all walks of life. This happens all over the world. Think of the fear, concern, anger, and confusion you would feel immediately. Well, 
This is similar to what early Christians had to endure. They were in fear of their lives and hid in homes or basements to study God's word, to gather together and pray. And if the government found them, they were arrested. Friends, this happens all over the world right now, in North Korea, China, parts of Africa, India, and Asia. We in the United States have it pretty good in that we can openly worship our God wherever we want without fear of persecution or prosecution. So it's difficult sometimes for us to understand what Peter was saying to the early church. How might such a situation cause people to lack humility to cry out to God at such a time? Well, remember, in Psalm 37, God's people were angry and concerned about the enemies of God at the time of King David. These enemies were surrounding them and increasing in wealth and power. God's people were angry and frustrated. They wanted to react, take up arms, and fight the enemy or some of them were joining the enemy and their pagan worship practices. When King David heard about this, he wrote a sermon, a proclamation to be read to the people. And how did he react to such trials and tribulations? He told them, rest in the Lord. That's translated as be still, don't move, and wait patiently for God. Do not fret because of him who prospers in his way, because of the man who brings wicked schemes to pass. Cease from anger and forsake wrath. Do not fret. It only causes harm. Just like King David, Peter understood and used his writings to help God's people remain calm. Word must have gotten back to him that the people had anxiety and fear. And can you blame them? They must have wondered, what are we going to eat? Where are we going to live? What will we do for money, clothes, food? These are all questions we would ask if dropped in the middle of a foreign land, if the government ordered our displacement. And we can only imagine early Christians asking these same questions during the displacement caused by Nero. Yet Peter wrote about humbling themselves under the mighty hand of God. That is an interesting piece of the puzzle, isn't it? He begins by explaining to them the value of humility in such trials and tribulations. And then he transitions to the value of casting all their cares upon God. In Psalm 37, committing all our cares to God requires humility. That's what King David wrote. He wrote, commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him and he shall bring it to pass, and he shall bring forth your righteousness as the light, and your justice as the noonday. But the meek shall inherit the earth, and shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace. And isn't that what we want more than anything? Sometimes we want vengeance, we want the enemies of God wiped out. But here King David was saying, no, trust in God, and be meek, the meek shall inherit the earth. And why do you think Christians should have humility before God? Sometimes it, it is easy to have all that anger and fear and anxiety, but we need to remember to trust in him. Both King David and Peter remind God's people that he is sovereign. 
in charge of everything. And when we recognize that and humble ourselves before him, only then can we truly say that we trust in him with all our cares. King David said the meek shall inherit peace, and Peter said the humble will be exalted by God himself. Humble, meek, and humility are all synonyms for each other. Can you see how God's word wants us to see ourselves in light of God and not the other way around? When we humble ourselves before God, we acknowledge his sovereignty over everything in our lives. When we say to him that we recognize who he is and who we are not, that's where true peace comes from. How does it make you feel to know God's sovereign hand is over every aspect of your life? Only when we see God is capable of handling all our cares and concerns can we find relief from fear and anxiety. Would I be scared if taken to a foreign land without warning or any possessions? Absolutely. But I would be able to rest in knowing that God is still there and he is still sovereign over everything because of the gift of the Holy Spirit within me. Mighty hand of God. Peter wrote, therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. It is fitting that Peter would remind believers of the power of God. Remembering the God whom we serve is essential and will cause us to humble ourselves before him. In Exodus 15, it says the right hand dashes the enemy. In Psalm 17, it says the right hand shows loving kindness toward us. And in Psalm 18, it says the right hand holds us up and sustains us. And the psalmist wrote in Psalm 48, according to your name, O God, so is your praise to the ends of the earth. Your right hand is full of righteousness. Isaiah wrote in Isaiah 41, God saying to us, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. And in the Gospel of Mark, chapter 16, it says, So then, after the Lord had spoken to them, he was received up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. Because Peter had walked with Jesus and saw his mighty power with his own two eyes, he understood what happened when we humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God. Remember what had happened when Jesus called Simon Peter as a disciple in Luke chapter 5. It says, When Simon Peter saw it, which was the miracle that Jesus performed, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish which they had taken. Peter, just like Paul did in his letters, took the time to remind believers that our God is mighty and powerful. He is more powerful than the enemy before them, who at that time was Nero, and also more powerful than the spiritual enemies of God that we looked at in our previous lesson. Paul wrote in Romans 8.31, If God is for us, who can be against us? How does it make you feel to know that our God is most powerful? Purpose 
Peter wrote, that he may exalt you in due time. I don't know about you, but I always find comfort in that God does all things for a divine purpose, a perfect purpose. Here, Peter reminds believers that our humility under the mighty hand of God isn't without a purpose. It isn't to sue the vainglorious God. No, the purpose of our humility before God is so that he may exalt us. Why? Well, what does exalt mean? The Greek word used here is hypsose. I don't think I'm pronouncing that properly. (laughs) But it means to lift or raise up, to exalt, to uplift. Remember how the psalmist said, the the right hand of God would uplift us, uphold us, sustain us? That's the idea. As you can see, the purpose for our humility before our mighty God is so that he may uplift us, raise us up above the trials and tribulations, and set us on high. What are some practical ways you can humble yourself before our mighty God today, right now? I know for me, it's to go to him in prayer and cast all of my cares and anxiety on him because he is capable. And that's what Peter wrote in 1 Peter 5, casting all your cares upon him because he cares for you. Now that we understand how our God doesn't require our humility because of his vanity or, you know, ego, but that he does it to make it easier to submit to him and humble ourselves before him, does that make it better for you? It does for me. It gives me more of a visual. Peter didn't command that believers humble themselves under God's mighty hand. He explained that if we humble ourselves, God himself will uplift us. Because God wants to exalt you at the proper time, you can find rest for your weary minds. For there will be a time when there will be no more tears, no more suffering, no more death, The place God is preparing for us will be new, and all things will be made new, and all of his enemies will be gone, wiped out by his mighty hand. Amen. I know knowing this gives me peace. Why wouldn't we cast all our cares and anxieties on him? Well, the answer is pride. The ugliness of pride keeps us from asking for help, even from God. I know, I fell for this terrible sin once. When I was pregnant 29 years ago, I was bedridden for many, many months. As a result, my house wasn't as clean as I would have preferred. So, a wonderful group of church ladies asked if they could come over and clean my house for me. Isn't that wonderful? But my pride got in the way. I just couldn't let these women see my messy, dusty house. So I declined their offer. And when my friends persisted, I stood firm and declined their offer. Pride got in the way of their kindness. My pride got in the way of the ministry of others. Because of my pride, these lovely ladies missed out on a blessing from the Lord. I learned my lesson after that, and I confessed it as sin. And I asked God to forgive me for my pride. And now I accept offers of help, or I willingly seek out help 
no matter what my pride says, because I don't want others to miss out on a blessing because of my pride ever again. And when we humble ourselves and cast our anxieties on Jesus, we find peace. But asking for help, casting our cares, requires humility. We have to let go of our pride. Years after that incident, when I was pregnant, another friend of mine was pregnant and bedridden, and we offered to come over and clean her house. And of course, she said no. And I told her my story. I said, please, don't have us miss out on a blessing of the Lord to serve him and minister to you because of pride. And she smiled and realized that's exactly what was happening. So she humbly said, okay, go ahead and come over. And we did. And we cleaned her house and folded her laundry and helped her prepare meals. And we had a great time of fellowship. The Lord blessed us and the Lord blessed her. All because of humility, of realizing she needed help. John wrote in John 18 about Simon Peter, remember? It said, Simon Peter followed Jesus, and so did another disciple. Now that disciple was known to the high priest and went with Jesus into the courtyard of the high priest. But Peter stood at the door outside. Then the other disciple, who was known to the high priest, went out and spoke to her who kept the door and brought Peter in. Then the servant girl who kept the door said to Peter, you are not also one of this man's disciples, are you? And Peter said, I am not. Pride and fear had once caused Peter to deny Jesus. Do you understand now why he wrote in 1 Peter 5 to humble ourselves before the Lord? He knew what it meant to hold on to that pride and fear. It would lead you to deny the power, the beauty the love of Jesus. We don't ever want to be in that position. What are some of the most difficult aspects of trusting God and humbling yourself before him to seek his help that you might be dealing with right now? Pride? Fear? Thinking that maybe he won't help you? What it all comes down to is love. Peter uses his letter to the early church to remind them that God is mighty, God is holy, God is there, and God cares. God longs to exalt us above the fray and provide us the peace of mind that we seek. He wants us to give him all our cares, fears, and anxieties. And the early church had some significant cares and fears, didn't they? In a foreign land, under a foreign rule, they still had to remain faithful to our God. And do you think Peter's letter brought them comfort? What about you? How does the fact that God cares for you affect your ability to humble yourself before Him and humble yourself enough to cast all your cares on Him? Thank God today that we have a Savior who wasn't boastful, arrogant, or proud. Jesus gave us the perfect example of how to face trials with humility and grace and love. So look to him for that peace you seek. My prayer for you is that Peter's letter will bring you comfort during these times of trials and tribulations you may be facing today. Why should you cast all your anxieties and fears and cares on God? 
because he loves you and cares for you. Thank you for joining me today for this Lesson 7 in the It Is Well Bible Study. Until next time, what did you learn about the Lord today that comforts or maybe challenged you? Take it to the Lord in prayer. I hope this lesson has been a blessing to you, and I look forward to our next one, Lesson 8 in the It Is Well Bible Study series. God bless.